Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. On third and three, they protect Brady. Scans the field and lets it fly. It's Evans. It's a touchdown. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame, Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself from BucksNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. Uh, Mr. Evan Wanish. Words are hard, man. Happy Sunday. It's been a pretty long week. We are here today to recap week two of Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp for you. A lot of big storylines coming out of this week. And all those position battles that we've talked about the last couple of weeks really starting to come into fruition. Things are getting exciting. Evan, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. Um, yeah, it's uh, the Bucks play a football game in six days. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday. So by the time some people listen to this, it may even be less time, but uh, their first preseason game is next Saturday, August 13th. So finally some actual football to talk about soon. Yeah. I, I mean, we have been dying for some actual football, obviously, because training camp gets everybody going again, gets you excited about what's to come. But we got a lot of storylines so far from camp that really feel like they're only going to work themselves out through these preseason games. And I, I wanted to open the show. Actually, let's open the show with the biggest bit of news from this week, and that is the return of Chris Godwin at the wide receiver position. So the last time we talked to you guys, which was pretty much a week ago, Godwin was not placed on the PUP list to start camp, which was obviously a very optimistic move as far as his recovery. Uh, he returned to practice this week, not without a big old honking brace on his right knee, but he is pretty much full speed. I mean, I'm not really sure what he looks like during contact periods. I have to imagine they're being a little more cautious with things like that. But when he came out and started practicing at first, he wasn't at the same speed as everybody. They kind of had him off to the side doing sprints, running in a straight line. But these past couple of days, he has gotten active in wide receiver drills. He's been catching passes from Tom Brady. And, uh, I mean, from here, already more of an encouraging start than we talked about at the starting of camp. But, uh, I mean, he is back out there, and he's doing his thing, man. That is huge for Chris Godwin. Yeah, as far as I can tell, he's he wasn't really doing any, like, 7-on-7 or 11-on-11, like, live drills. Um, just now he's just running routes, being able to catch passes. He's in pads and everything. So, and again, you know, we have to stress that this does not mean that he will play week one. However, I mean, he's definitely not going to play in the preseason. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, I don't think they're going to risk that at all. So I wouldn't expect him to see in this preseason. But as far as week one goes that doesn't guarantee that he's going to play. However, 
it also is a pretty positive sign that he's out there after, you know, one week basically of sitting out. So uh, I do think they're still going to be cautious. And I think that in terms of Godwin, I think they're going to be, you know, asking him how he feels. If he doesn't feel comfortable, they'll shut him down again. You know, I, now's the time to sort of experiment with that and see how far you can push it because you don't want something that can linger into the season. Uh, so I think they're going to play it cautious. And I think the, the, the depth in his wide receiver room now uh, actually doesn't force their hand. They don't need Chris Godwin. Obviously, you, you'd want him. You definitely want him. They, but they don't need Chris Godwin to play week one in Dallas. Like, it's not a, a dire need uh, for them because of the depth they have. So I don't think they're going to rush him. However, it is a very positive sign that, that he is um, that he is actually there and practicing now for the, for the first time. Oh, yeah. And aside from Chris Godwin, I also think – Maybe the Ryan Jensen injury has something to do with this, but the Bucks have also been no, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. They've been no stranger to, to letting guys take days off of camp. I mean, Tom Brady had a couple of personal days he took this week. Other vet days off, they've been pretty, uh, pretty liberal with as far as dealing them out. Guys like, I know Mike Evans had that hamstring injury, ended up being incredibly minor. It's almost a yearly occurrence at this point, but... He hasn't practiced very much this week. Rashad Perryman had a vet maintenance day today. Julio Jones has had a couple under his belt as well. But yeah, Perryman, are, actually, that, that's a legit injury. Uh, yeah. Perryman left practice on Monday and hasn't practiced since. So that that's a legit injury. We don't know the exact issue, but there's a legit injury there. Well, definitely something to keep an eye on here. But as we talk about the wide receiver room, I guess we might as well mention it, too. With guys like Chris Godwin, I mean, not 100% full speed, but Julio Jones not out there. Brashad Perryman and Mike Evans, of course, missing the time that he has. We talk about those younger guys still vying for spots on the team. They've been getting some pretty good work in this week with Tom Brady. They have, and um, you guys like Scotty Miller have shined in spurts. Uh, the one that I think you can be most impressed with, though, I think is Tyler Johnson. He has had a... A very good week, not just with Tom Brady, but also with Blaine Gabbert, with uh, Kyle Trask. Like, it seems like no matter who the quarterback is, Tyler Johnson has been playing extremely well. I mean, it needs to translate to games. Like, he's going to need to do that in the next few weeks, right, to, to prove that he has a spot on the roster. But it's certainly a positive sign. And you're right with the opportunity given, especially with a guy like Perryman out. Evans and Jones, like they're they're not competition for that. But Perryman is direct competition there. So Perryman sitting out and Johnson being able to be productive would be massive for his chances of making the team. So I've been really impressed with Tyler Johnson. I know I'm probably a bit biased because everybody knows how I feel about Tyler Johnson. And it's not the first time that he's had a really good camp. Like, this isn't the first really good camp he's had. He needs to prove it during a game, which has been, like, a struggle for him. But so far, I've liked what I've seen from him. Yeah, Tyler Johnson today, actually, we talk about his productivity. Had a nice toe-tap touchdown in the corner of the end zone from Tom Brady. Jalen Darden had a couple of touchdowns today as well during goal line work. Scotty Miller, who you mentioned briefly, he spoke on his ability today to be more versatile than people think. He basically came out and said something along the lines of like, yeah, people only think I'm a deep threat, but I think I'm much more versatile that than that. And the reps he's getting in camp and ultimately these preseason games coming up, joint practices too, also important to mention, all of this stuff is going to factor into whether these guys make the team or not. And like, this is just the most important stretch of camp, I think, for them right now to take advantage of the other top guys not being out there as much. Yeah, especially for a guy like Scotty Miller, who is firmly on that roster bubble, I think. 
Um, Tyler Johnson can block a little bit better than Miller, and I think that gives Johnson the edge there. Um, we know Miller's role, though. Even though Miller thinks he's more versatile, he can do a bit more, the role that the Bucks have for him is that guy who can stretch the field and, and run the streaks and the goes. Like That's the role that the Bucks have for him. They don't need him to do much else. So he's going to need to do that well, and he has shown that in spurts this camp. He has shown that. Um, but he's going to need to do it again, just like Johnson. He's going to need to do it in an actual game. And these three preseason games are going to matter for a guy like Scotty Miller. Another name that was garnering praise this week at training camp was uh, rookie tight end Kate Otten. He's been pretty productive, had a pair of touchdowns today in practice as well, and uh, got in the end zone during goal line work, a contact period. He's been pre- he's been looking pretty good. And I know that everybody says, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. We've talked about it plenty. It's It's hard to get that excited about guys who look good at camp. But I also think the weight of a guy like Kate Otten playing well bodes so much better, not only because of the guys he's matching up against every single day, but I mean, this is a rookie from this year. We talked about this draft class. You want to get as many productive guys as you can. And so far, Kate Otten looks like a guy who could potentially contribute down the stretch of the 22 season. And I think the Bucks are hoping he can. Maybe not right away, but I think eventually, um, obviously they have Cameron Brayton, Kyle Rudolph, two veterans, um, and if Rob Gronkowski doesn't return, then yeah, you're basically looking at Kate Otten being the third guy. But I think in a perfect scenario for the Bucks, Kate Otten proves good enough to be able to overtake a Cameron Brate or Kyle Rudolph by midseason because that means you know, you've hit on the draft pick. So uh, I don't know how much you'd see Kate Otten playing in like the first part of the regular season, but like that second half, I, I could see him getting more and more reps. Before we move on here, shout out to everybody in the live chat. Our buddy Adam Davies from Bucks UK, Slim Stank, Willie Beeman. Shout out to the Cannon Fire Podcast, the Mod Squad, and all the fans in Bucks Nation. Glad to have you guys here. Chris Cole says, hey, what's up, guys? I'm going to be at the joint practice on Thursday, August 11th. I believe that is the joint practice with Miami. Uh, I'm going to be out there August 10th, and I should be there August 11th. So, Cole or Chris, I will look for you, my friend. TB12 Goatman checking in as well. Pete Payne, the moderator, holding it down. Bucks UK in the house. All right, before we get into the questions in chat, we have a lot to cover today. I, <laughs> I, I hate to, you know, we were talking about guys who were playing well, and I kind of hate to do a quick 180 here, but I don't know if I should be concerned. I am concerned. Is Kyle Trask having the worst training camp of all time? I know we just talked about, like, you know, not putting all of your eggs in one basket when guys do well. And it's also, I'm sure the same can be said about sucking in training camp, but like to this degree, I don't know if people are overreacting because I haven't personally been to a training camp session yet, but I have not heard one good thing about Kyle Trask since training camp started. And I know that this is, this is the time that you want to iron out the kinks, right? You kind of want to hear about your guys throwing three or four picks a day during this training camp period. But these joint practices and these preseason games, I feel like are about to tell us everything we need to know about Kyle Trask. And up until this point, all we have heard is that he is just stinking the place up. Yeah. So he, the first week without pads on, he looked decent. Um, He looked fine. Once the pads came on though, it seemed to just be getting worse and worse every day. 
like as the week went on, it just got worse and worse and worse. I mean, the Bucks are deleting videos of them off of their social and media I, well, feed. And, and, and to be fair, the Bucks should have never posted that in the first place. They they, sh- they should have known better. Notice how they never post any video. Like you hear things about Tom Brady being picked off, but they never post any video about that. It's Today, usually they, Blaine Griffin yeah. or Trask throwing that. Pick. Yeah. So like pr- protect the player. Like Kyle Trask, you, that's an embarrassing throw. Like you should know better to not post that, even though it's a highlight for the defense. And it was Jamel Dean, who's a starter. You should know better than, than to post that. Because that was, that was ugly. It wasn't tipped. It was just, it was, a it was, duck. it was a duck. $5 super chat from our boy, Mikey. He says, Kyle trash sucks. I've been to a couple of practices. The ball literally just floats out of his hand. He has no velocity at all. And he makes a ton of overthrows. That's the thing is that like camp interceptions are one thing when you've got defensive guys trying to step up and make plays, but I've heard he's overthrowing a lot of people out there as well. Just it, a, a lot of, I hate to say it like this, but a lot of the draft profile that you had put on him before he came into the league is really what we're seeing here. That, that velocity becoming a bit of an issue, like his, his deep accuracy is definitely not that great. And that's something we saw an issue with in the preseason last year as well. So are people overreacting about Kyle Trask? Like, should they be this upset? Because, yeah, it's a second-round pick, and they could have obviously used that to get a playmaker somewhere else because I'm sure maybe there's a few from that class that people can point out. Hindsight's always 2020. Or is it one of those things where, like, for Kyle Trask, it's, you know, he's kind of SOL because it wasn't the best situation for him to be in to begin with because Tom Brady ultimately came back to play a third year in Tampa, and that leaves Trask in purgatory, as we have also talked about before. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think there's a, there's a middle ground. I, I think, I don't think you should just ignore it. Like I, you, you can't just ignore it. However, I don't think like, Oh, this is like, he's, you know, this is the worst thing ever. This and this and this, it's certainly, um, it's certainly concerning. I, I think you should be worried because I mean, the reports just aren't good at all. Um, and like, there's it's just, you know, just the same concerns that he had pre-draft, just like you mentioned, like are the same concerns now. And, you know, it's going to be, these preseason games are going to be very important. And I mean, I was never a big Kyle Trask guy to begin with. People who listen to this show know that, but like, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think even like most of the fans like had like an open mind, especially a lot of Florida football fans, I, right? a lot of Gators fans. And I, now they're starting to turn and it's starting to, it's starting to become like, <laughs> well, rather than like a 50, 50 split, it's starting to be like 80, 20. Like one thing that we've nothing. learned about this fan base. I mean, not just the bucks fan base, but really any fan base in the NFL, it is a, what have you done for me lately league? And so people will turn pretty quick. I mean, there's also the minority of people who say that, Oh, well, Kyle Trask hasn't gotten as many reps I mean, he's only gotten a couple of preseason games under his belt. He's got one full training camp in the NFL. Here he is going through number two. And I get that side of the argument. But again, it also all ties back into whether he's going to be able to produce for Tampa Bay in the long run. And as of right now, it's a big old question mark. But we've got plenty of more time to talk about that. Like I said, the preseason game and the rest of training camp is going to tell us everything we yeah. need to know. And, and, and just like Pete Payne put in the chat, there's a possibility that Trask is a guy that plays better in a game than practices. There's right. a lot of guys like that. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that play better 
then they actually practice. It's weird, but it happens. There's guys that practice better than they play. You know, um, you would rather it be you, you practice, you, you suck at practice, but you're good during a game, you know? Um, so yeah, it's not time yet. Now. I mean, don't get me wrong after the preseason. If, if we, you know, if, if we look at it and Kyle Trask, everyone sees it's the same thing. Like he looks like the same exact guy as last preseason. Then yeah, like yeah, I think you have to. Uh, I think you kind of have to cut your losses, not cut him, but say like yeah, that I don't think Trask like I don't think he's gonna be the guy. Um, and like the thing about like oh he does not get that many reps. Tom Brady had a personal day and then he had his birthday off, so he had two personal days there. Um, so you got more reps then. Trask has gotten a lot of reps with the twos. Like it's it hasn't been like the Bucks have given him an opportunity. Tom Brady, Todd Bowles has said Tom Brady will not play uh, versus Miami, and so Trask will. I mean, Trask Gabbert will be the starter. Trask is going to get at least a quarter, maybe two, uh, as we get the two hour super chat from Mister Bucks Nation. Not true. We had to is. mention him some point in the episode. I, I uh, don't know. Who every that is. every um, every single week, he kind of just slithers his way into the conversation, and there he is. Two dollar yeah. super chat going to the Wendy's Fund. Thank you, James. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> thanks, James. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's. Like I said, right now it's concerning, but you can't hit the panic button just yet. The preseason games are going to matter, though. It, 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 I don't know if there's a player that needs a better preseason more than Kyle Trask. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. When you look at the rest of the quarterback room, you know exactly what you're getting. With with Tom Brady, you know what you're getting. With Blaine Cabert and Ryan Griffin, who has somehow managed to stay on this roster for, I think, eight years now. Longer than that. You know what you, you know what you're getting with those guys. So with Kyle Trask, I can understand the reason people put so much stock into how they feel about it, right? People get caught up not only because they're Florida football fans and they're biased because that's just how it is. That's how it was with Jameis and Florida State fans. He had people who said he could do no wrong, and they had on those red, uh, the garnet and gold colored glasses, but. The thing take a is, though, Jameis was actually good in sports. That's oh, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a lot different, too, with the second-round pick compared to a number one, one overall yeah. pick who is handed the keys to your franchise well, still, and said, let's go turn this thing around. Second-round pick in year two, you should look better than you did in year one. No, you're 100% right, and I think that's what gives people the right to get as upset about it as they do. I, I, I don't like to be the guy who spends time crying about could have done this with our picks, but... If only somebody could have predicted this. <laughs> if only somebody would have warned people about this. Really quick, before we go into our next segment, I was going to do this at the top of the show, and I kind of forgot, and I'm glad I just remembered. You know what time it is, Evan? It's our first show of August. Yeah, I figured you were waiting until the end. I was going to bring I, it I was, the beginning. Let's do a little halfway break, yeah. huh? a little refresher. Yeah, let's do a little intermission. Right before that, though, we got another five-hour super chat by Mikey. Let's go. Uh, what's your prediction for Rashad White playing time in the preseason? Also, same for Zion McCollum and Logan Hall. I think all three of them are going to get a good bit of playing time, especially a guy like Rashad White, because I don't know if the Bucks are going to play Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard a ton. They're two veterans. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of Keyshawn falling and a lot of Rashad White out of the backfield in the preseason. If, uh, if Logan I had Hall, to... 
Logan Hall, I think they're going to try to mix him in with the ones a little bit. I think you'll see McCollum too, but um, I think you're going to see the most out of Rashad White. Yeah, no, I, I was going to agree. There's been a lot of positive hype about him coming out of camp. Check out the video of, of him dusting Keanu Neal by your I, on Twitter. I mean, second or third day of camp, I don't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted out that this kid is literally going to be a problem on the offense this season. And one thing that you don't have to question with Rashad White is uh, his motivation, his dedication to the game. I mean, he came in saying two, three months ago after he got drafted that he wants to take the starting running back position. I don't know if he's going to be able to do just that, but the more he can get involved in this offense and the more passes he can catch out of the backfield, the more excited people are going to be to go see him play. But uh, time to flip the calendar page. It's our first show of August and uh, our first show of the month. We usually flip the page on the old calendar here. We have been rocking cornerback Jamel Dean. And actually, since we are talking about Jamel Dean, we'll talk about the secondary here in a second. But for the month of July, Jamel Dean will have to say goodbye. Evan, keep the people entertained. Here we this go. Is, this is obviously an incentive yeah. for you to go check out the show on YouTube if you haven't uh-huh. already. The, the, the audio listeners are very confused uh-huh. right now. But we flip it, and it looks like it is right tackle Tristan Wirfs. Yes, sir. Big number 78. Rocking the pewter. Nice. Looks nice. Yeah. How about that? Very nice. Very nice. So for the month of August, the last one before the regular season, it's Tristan Wirfs. Hey, I got protection. All right. Just in case, just in case anybody ever asks. Protection. Right there. Right there. Big 78. How are we doing? So, How are you feeling? Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. I, I, you know, just, just a brief, you know, like intermission, little <laughs> little check-in. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll check in. Yeah, doing doing pretty good. Pretty, All right, so good. let's talk about the secondary. Talked about Jamel Dean briefly, but he's not really who I want to talk about. Uh, one of the interesting things coming into camp was that safety room how guys are going to get moved around because you've got versatile safeties all over the place and everybody can be used. Everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. As far as the safety room goes, though, I would say the biggest change so far has been Antoine Winfield Jr. He's been playing a hell of a lot of nickel since camp started, and he's been making some plays this week in particular, too. Yeah, I think that's well, that's one of the reasons the Bucks drafted him was because of how versatile he was. And we saw it a little bit, I think, in years one and two. But I think as he progresses as a player, you can do more with him. And I feel like he's kind of their Swiss army knife. Now, I don't want him to be moving around constantly because I think he has the potential to be one of the better safeties uh, in the NFL. But so I don't want him moving around and having to deal with, oh, this and this and this, like three different positions. But it's a bonus to have uh, that type of versatility in your secondary. And they don't just have Winfield. It's multiple guys that have that versatility. And that's clearly something that they look for. Um, Their cornerbacks, not so much, but in their safeties, they want their safeties to do more than just one thing. And and Winfield can do that. And then some. Yeah. Keanu Neal, another guy, I believe laid a huge hit on somebody today. I don't know who it was. But he's been laying the boom, patrolling the middle of the field. Of course, other playmakers back there. Logan Ryan secured a pick this week. Looking at the corner room, though, we talk about some changes for guys in there. Sean Murphy bunting. As far as I know, maybe it's changed. Maybe he's gotten a few reps at nickel, but he has been pretty much playing outside corner this entire camp, which is a little bit of a change for him as well. And 
for a lot of Bucks fans, I think was his uh, with his size, his ability, it could be a welcome change because he, he was struggling last year. I know he was battling injury, but he certainly struggled last year. Yeah, um, it was a little bit of a surprise. He's been playing a lot of nickel in his career, and really that's where he's been better, I think, um, especially since – like the Bucks have Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, two bigger guys as their outside corner. Sean Murphy Bunting's decent size. I wouldn't say he's not tiny, but like those two guys are are bigger. Um, I think they're trying to do something with different with SMB. And I haven't heard great things about his camp from what I saw on Monday and Tuesday. He wasn't great. He's been just really inconsistent. I don't know where that player from 2019 and 2020 is. Uh, I don't know if that injury in week one of last year really hurt him, but like, he's just, he's not the same guy. Like he's, he's not the same guy. So um, I, I don't know where, like I said, I don't know where that player is, but better come back soon. I don't think I saw somebody talking in, in the, you know, the chat that they saw that someone said he could be cut. That would be a shocker. Um, I would be very surprised if that happens. I don't think he's going to be that bad. Uh, contract year for him this year, right? Yeah, it is a contract year. This is a contract year for both him and Jamel Dean. So these are big years for these guys and not the best start for Sean Murphy Bunting, honestly, because I think the Bucks envisioned him as their nickel corner. And if they're going away from that, that means that they've determined he can't do that. So it's not a great thing. Hopefully he can shine a little bit better in these actual preseason games. And we'll see how many reps, you know, is he with the first team defense? Is he with the second team defense? This is an opportunity that we'll get to see. Yeah, we, we talked about the versatility of the guys in the safety room. Antoine Winfield Jr. in particular filling in that nickel role when needed. So maybe that gives the Bucks a little less pressure at that position, knowing that you've got a guy like 31 who can kind of fill in when needed. Is it worth it for them to do it with SMB at this point in his career, though? Like we mentioned, it is a contract year, incredibly important year. And as far as the NFL goes, especially in this Bucks secondary, it's kind of one of those things where like they have been so bad in the past that I want to look at this with a mentality of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And I know I mentioned that SMB struggled in the tail end of last year. I think not having all of your starters on defense until the playoffs will probably do that to you. They had a, a rotating corner and safety room every single game, like 11 different starting lineups for 11 weeks in a row last year. It cannot be understated just how much they had to maneuver those guys around and all of this learning on the move BS, you know, I'm sure it was a lot to deal with on top of the injury, but like, is it going to be worth it in the long run? Do you think the Bucks have that much faith for him to add a little bit of depth to an outside corner room this year that like you had mentioned already features Carlton Davis, who just got paid and Jamel Dean, who's also going to be playing for a contract. I just think the Bucks are trying to figure out something to do with him. Like I, I honestly do. It's unfortunate to say, but like, I, I just think they're I, – I don't know because I just don't think he's very good on the outside. I think his spot is better on the inside, but the Bucks have probably – if they're having that – if they're having him on the outside, they've likely determined that, like, the inside is not going to work. And if that's the case, then what value does he actually bring? You know, it's not like he's a guy that can also play a little bit of safety – He's never done it before. Um, so, like, I'm just not sure what value he brings to a team. And, um, you know, we'll see how how they treat it. Uh, I mean, he's probably going to be one of their top three corners. Uh, I don't think he'd fall from, you know, that far. 
Um, but it's it's certainly not a positive sign. But again, he could go out in the preseason games and have two picks and forget it all. So uh, at, at times during his 2020 season, he was very inconsistent. But then during the playoffs, what happened? You know, he had a pick versus Washington, had a pick versus New Orleans, had a pick versus Green Bay. Really changed people's opinions. So people's opinions can change pretty quick based on results. So I think that's where uh, in these preseason games is going to be. I think Sean Murphy Bunting is another guy. Not so much the preseason games, like a Kyle Trask situation. Um, but I think that this regular season, he could be one of those guys where that needs to have a productive regular season or else he won't be here next year. Another question people may have about rookie Zion McCollum. How does he fit into all this? I mean, if, if you look at the Bucks secondary from 2021, if you were to take like one of those players in the secondary and essentially swap it out with where Zion McCollum fits in for 2022, who would you compare that to? Like a, like a Ross Cockrell or somebody else? Well, the interesting thing is I've been pretty impressed with Ross Cockrell. Um, he's he's impressed me so far this camp. Uh, I, 2020 was a good year for him. 2021 was not. Uh, you know, he's had one good year, one bad one. And I think that Zion McCollum and him right now are in a battle for that fourth corner spot. And if I had to guess, I would say Ross Cockrell leads that fourth corner spot. That doesn't mean Zion McCollum is going to get cut. Like, he's not. I think he'll be the fifth corner to start the year, but I think the team really likes Cockrell, um, and and he's made plays in the past. He's a veteran, and like I said, he has had a good camp. So it's not really necessarily a knock on McCollum. It's just Cockrell has done his job pretty well, and I think that they could trust the veteran over a rookie like McCollum, who has all the tools but may you know, like you know right after right the draft, you looked at the guy who had the tools but was a little bit raw. I just don't know a team that wants to win now. I don't know if they want to be relying Jamel Dean or Sean Murphy Bunton go down. So I McCollum would be the next guy in. Like, I just don't know if they want to be relying on that type of player to, to be the, the next guy up. Right. Let's take a look at the offensive line here. As we start to wrap things up from week two of camp, this left guard spot in particular, we talked about it a week ago and, and two of the main guys that we had talked about fighting for this spot we're going to be Luke Gedeke and Aaron Stinney. And I still kind of feel that way, but we have seen a little bit more variety as far as working with the ones and the twos than I thought we were going to see. Not only is it all the guys that we had mentioned, Aaron Stinney, Luke Gedeke, but also Nick Leverett getting some reps, not only at left guard, but center as well as he is kind of slated to be the backup for Robert Hainsey at the center position anyways. And then I think even like John Mulliken has been getting some reps as well with the twos and threes. So what do you make of this competition so far? And is it at this point, do we still kind of feel like, you know, it's going to come down to one guy or the other over these next couple of days. Actually, before I toss it to you, Harold Goodwin, the offensive line coach said, you know, at some point I have to put my foot down and go ahead and pick a guy so we can build that communication with Donovan Smith and Robert Hainsey at the center spot. So we know the bucks are high on Hainsey at center, but that left guard spot, we still don't have a definite answer on. Yeah. And, and I think right now you could say Aaron Stinney's has the lead. Um, if the Bucks needed to name a guy right this second, I think it would be Aaron Stinney. Uh, Luke Gedeke has looked inconsistent at times in training camp. That's to be expected with a guy from a smaller school. Um, you know, I, I like I said, I said I think a few weeks ago that not everybody's an Ali Marpet, right? Just because you get drafted from a small school, you're this you know kind of nastier guy. You're you're you don't have to, um, you know, you, you don't have to be 
that guy who starts right away and makes an immediate impact. Uh, Luke Gedeke may be a late bloomer, and I think Aaron Stinney, having Aaron Stinney there helps, right, that you don't need to rush him in there. And also helps Donovan Smith right next to him. You know, that that's important. Um, you know, Donovan Smith has been vulnerable at times, right? He has been vulnerable, but he's been much better but he's been vulnerable. Do you really want to have a, a rookie next to him with not much experience there? You know, that would be tricky. And I think Aaron Stinney right now has NFL experience. They really like him. And I think he'll be, he's in the lead right now. And I, if I had to guess, I would say he holds on to that job. I, I think going into it, I think he was the favorite. Um, it wasn't a lock, but I think it would be a barring any injury or anything like that. I, I think Stinney's probably going to hold on to that job. I want to agree. I mean, he was one of the first free agent signings the Buccaneers made in the offseason. They they brought him back for a reason. You pay a guy like that. Now, while they aren't paying him starting left guard money, he's still getting paid. And the Bucs chose to bring him back for another season. I, I think it was just a one-year deal, right? For right yeah, now? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, but this is a guy who's obviously proven that he can plug and play at that left guard spot before. Um, or I'm sorry, that right guard spot with the 2020 playoff run, Alex Kappa going down. He filled in, Bucks won a Super Bowl, you know the whole shebang. But uh, I, I think it's going to be Stinney at that left guard spot come week one. But again, these preseason games, especially joint practices, are going to tell you a lot. And, and while we speak to joint practices really quick, I do think it's funny to uh, to mention, I don't think those joint practices can get here soon enough. These guys are tired of facing each other, <laughs> especially the linemen day in and day out at yeah. practice. I mean, we're wrapping up the second week of training camp. So this is probably what, like day 10 or 11 of camp. Mm -hmm. And ever since they put the pads on, things have gotten a little bit, a uh, little bit dicey down there at you times. Get, you get irritated. It's yeah, like yeah, Nick Leverett you know, and, and Nacho going at it today and a couple yeah. of other people throwing hands as well. It's like, you know, whenever you go on like a, like a family vacation, like at first it may be fine. But after like four or five days, you're like, all right, I'm sick of these people. Is that you know? is that how you felt staying with James for training camp last week? Oh, that was after a few hours. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's um, Josh, the time day uh, two rolls around. He's like, God, man, just get me out of here. So I woke up, woke up in, in bed. I said, oh, God, who's that knocking at the door? Um but uh, yeah, Joshua said he heard that Hainsey was chippy at practice today, speaking to the you know the overall competitiveness. I think, uh, and he also said, "Holy crap! Finally getting a good podcast to watch. We appreciate the support, Joshua. Thanks for being here, Josh. Um, he, I'll tell you what, I feel for Josh in particular. He's been commenting on our stuff all week, and he's like, "What are you guys doing the podcast?" And and to be honest, we wanted Josh. to get this podcast out a little bit earlier, but it, obviously life happens. You push it back a little bit. We're glad to be doing it now, but like I've been feeling, man, I'm like, listen, we're going to be back. I promise you guys we're going to be back in a more regular capacity and like we're going to be back in a more regular capacity than we already are. I mean, we're doing one a week show right now. That's going to pick up here soon as well. But uh, for everybody who has been craving the podcast content, I promise you it is on the way. Yes, yes, absolutely. We appreciate you guys' patience. Uh, we appreciate you guys' support for sure. Um, and then he also said Hill talking crap, saying he's ready to play against Tampa so he can show what he has with with Tuna. Okay, or I think you meant to say Tua, or maybe no, he, he did. didn't. No, he and didn't. And throwing a shot, you know. <laughs> um, but I mean, okay, like I I haven't personally seen that quote. Um, but like I mean, it's preseason, like whatever. Um. Yeah, whatever. The Bucks' first team defense 
might not even play. So congratulations on like toasting, you know, whoever the the fifth string corner. Congrats. Yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's um camp like i said that analogy i made i think was perfect and as camp goes on they're they're your teammates but you start to get you want to hit somebody else you get sick of the same old same old and uh, i think that's what's happening right now so and i don't to be honest i i don't think well i know for a fact that like this isn't anything to be concerned with this isn't anything that's going to bleed over into the regular season like nick leverett and nacho are not going to have heat during the regular season it's it's just getting back to football. It is what right. it is. The Bucks are not the only team fighting each other right now. They're, yeah. Yeah, they're certainly I mean, not. Did you see, yeah, what Trevor Penning from the Saints got in a fight it three days in a row? out of practice, dude. Yeah, he got, he got in a fight three days in a row. The same dude. Um, anyways, uh, Dark Angel said, and I only want to bring this up as the one thing. He said, if we can beat Hill on the Chiefs, we can beat Hill on the Dolphins. Really quick, that I we I think we have to well, remind everybody. People people well, remember it, and then they and then they forget that one Win, that wins or wins or losses in the preseason doesn't matter. Well, it, wins it, or it, losses in the preseason doesn't matter. But I think another thing people also forget is that I I, I don't think Tyreek Hill is going to play in that preseason game. Tua might sounds like you. I don't. Know. But I mean, um, if he is, I. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, Tyreek Hill playing in Miami with Tua is different than him playing in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes well, because Tua has been proven to, to be a guy who really isn't going well, to get the ball to him most 65 yards down the more field. More accuracy. More accuracy, apparently. Okay, according okay. To, according right. to him. Okay. All right. Um, more accuracy. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, like – Your boy Tua. The results don't matter. Like, the, the results don't matter. So, wins, they could lose 50 and nothing. You know, like it doesn't matter. Like the results do not matter. Important to remember because every year they lose a preseason game and you always get people in the comments. Oh, this team sucks. This and that. Like, okay. Like let's not judge people based on the preseason. Okay. The, the 2008 guys are cooked. We're barely winning five games this year. They are done. (laughs) Brady will retire by week four. He's done. Um, but uh, look at him. He's not even. He's not even playing. He's not even playing game. against Miami because he's going to yeah. be up in the owners' booth signing he's his contract. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was man. a good one. That was a. I gotta give you that one. That was a good one. Um, so yeah, it just it it doesn't matter. Like it, it really doesn't matter. The the 2008 Lions who went 0 and 16 went 4 and 0 in the preseason. So that's that's the only thing you have to remember. Uh, real quick before we head out, though, we I think, the, talk I think about... the Cleveland Browns, who also went zero and sixteen, went four and zero that preseason. Yeah. So if you actually go, if you go now, it's three and zero. If you go three and zero, that's actually the kiss of death. So you don't want that. Um, so now we have to talk about the really, I think, one of the best battles the, going on right now. The, the most kickers. important battle on the team. The kicker. I mean, we, we close the show every week with the guys who were stealing practice. And that is the kicking battle. Jose Borgales and Ryan Suckup. I mean, Ryan Suckup, he was pretty much perfect up until two days ago. Uh, He has literally not missed a kicking Mm -hmm. period up until two days ago. He missed one from about, I think, like 38. They said it was wide left, so it was like an ugly miss. But, I mean, for the perfect streak that he has been on, Jose Borgales has been right there with him. 
And there's a couple of things that come into. Ooh, I don't know if you can hear that thunder. Did you hear that? That sounded good. Uh, Ryan yeah, it's a good thing we're wrapping up before my power drops out here. Yeah, right. Um, but this kicking battle is obviously exciting. Both guys have been so close to perfect. I would say Ryan Suckup still kind of has the edge, but the veteran's edge, I think. It yeah. truthfully could go either way, and it's it's hard to say. You know, it's hard to judge these kicks, especially without the preseason games. These are going to be so much more important to see not only how these guys are used, when they're trotted out there, and if they're effective. But, I mean, Suckup is more proven. He's got the veteran's edge. But Jose Borgales, the two things that factor into this are longevity and cost. Because he can play a little bit longer than Ryan Suckup at this point, And he's going to cost the Bucks probably way less in the in the long run as of right now until he's due for another contract so like those are two big things that tampa bay is going to be taking into consideration but as far as performance on the field these guys are dead even yeah yeah it's um well as as i've i've said you know the entire time it's gonna come down to the preseason games like it's it's gonna come down to that um there's pros and cons to each one the, the safer option would be suck up like the safer option would probably be suck up. You know what he is. He's the veteran. Um, but I think the one with more potential is probably Borgales. He has the bigger leg. He's like you said, he's younger. He'd be cheaper. Um, I, the way that both of them have been kicking, if, if the Bucks want to keep suck up for one more year and have, have Borgales there next year, I don't know if they're going to be able to get away with that again. Like I just, I don't know. There's gonna be a team's kicker out there that struggles this preseason and gets cut, and I think they could come looking for Jose Borgales because you know, I, I don't know if they're gonna be able to, to stash him again. I think they need to do Jose Borgales a huge favor, and they need to get that kid out of 19 because holy shit, I don't think I can watch another Bucks kicker, a young From, Bucks kicker, well, who also with a kicked, cannon kicked, of a leg. Kicked in the state of Florida. Yeah. Played college football in the state of Florida. A lot of hype. A lot of hype about this kid. I mean, everybody has a right to be excited. The Buccaneers protected him every week last year, and they were grateful that nobody took him. But man, oh man, if he makes the team, please, for the, the love the of good, God, get him out of 19. News. The good news, though, is that you can only get a little bit of PTSD because it's it's not the same uniform. Yeah, that's true. If that is the, true. If it was the alarm clock ones, you'd be like, oh, you know. Um, when I see this 19, I think of like Mike Williams. Like, that's what I think. Of. Oh, Mike Williams, by the way, who has yeah, he's, a, uh, he has been like, in the news recently. Yeah, he's been well. in the news for some not great things. I think he's got a court hearing coming up uh, <laughs> against the state of Florida. So hopefully that goes well for him. Yeah, good luck to you, my friend. I think that's that's a good place to wrap up the show. <laughs> yeah, just a bitter end. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, football's coming back soon. Yeah, so no, football's we'll have, back. We'll hey. have a we'll have a preview show. It's not going to be in depth analysis on the game, really. Just like what to look for. Um, it's sort of it's not going to be actually the actual game plan. It's going to be like matchups and stuff. Uh, we'll probably know more this week about who's all going to be playing. We know Tom Brady's not, uh, but Todd Bowles wasn't really clear on you know if any starters will be playing, uh, how how long they'd be playing. So we'll probably by the time we talk to you next, we'll know some of that. Um, and then the season prediction show will probably be maybe like next week. So. I was actually going to ask you, do you want do you want to do it next week before 
Like the, because yeah. let's, okay, if we're tossing out days here, let's just say Friday, we'll do a live stream. Game is on Saturday against Miami. Yeah. Sun, in Sun, Tampa. Yeah, in Tampa. They they have the one home game, one home preseason, two away preseason this year. <laughs> Pete said he thought you were just going to end it Soprano style, go black screen. That's it. <laughs> oh, I gonna I need to rewatch that show so bad, man. You I've been seeing what? a bunch of you know what I've I've never I never watched it I want to I'm I'm gonna start I I am appalled for sure gonna start I, I, I like well for HBO I like Entourage I'm a woke big up Entourage this guy. morning got yeah. some gabagool um yeah man that's that's the show I'm trying to think yeah but um no, yeah, okay we, we season next predictions yeah. next week for sure we'll talk to you guys Friday. For sure. Friday, so, Friday, the preview. Pr- Sunday, probably the review. And then, yeah, and then that, the, the season prediction show. And then we got a whole nother review for a whole nother game. I think it's versus Tennessee, I think. Yeah, no kidding. I think they might be traveling to Tennessee the week after to, to joint practice with the Titans, too. So that'll be and a then, lot of fun. And, of course, Mike Vrabel and Tom Brady get another chance to go back at it. Remember last year watching uh in the current the the end of the mm. end of the season recap that was always a lot of fun. So we'll get a lot of great sound bites from training camp during the Buccaneers time in Tennessee and obviously joint practices starting with Miami next week. We will keep you posted between now and then with any big updates on the Red and Pewter and uh season prediction show. We're going to we're going to squeeze that in there somewhere. But ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. We greatly appreciate your support hanging out with us live over here on YouTube. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for Bucks news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it happens. Speaking yes. of Bucks news as it happens. <laughs> Words are hard. I said it at the beginning of the podcast. I know. I Speaking know. of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Check out my written work on BucksNation.com. Yes, check out his written work on BucksNation.com. You got anything in the oven for this week? Uh, no, probably going to be covering the, the game, so I'm not sure what I'm going to be covering with the game, but probably something that revolves around that. All right, well, stay tuned, folks. Plenty of more great content coming your way, and uh, with the preseason game in less than a week, we are just getting started. It's going to be a fun 2022 season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we are here to keep you updated every single step of the way. I'm your host, Rip Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We will talk to you guys next week. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.